So, four score and 35 years ago, we started. Now, it's, it's really only been 11 weeks, uh, believe it or not, 11 weeks uh, on our journey. Now, it's been longer than that, but I mean 11 weeks of actually digging through uh, the book of Philippians. And tonight we are going to conclude it. And uh, if you'll remember where we left off, where uh, Eli uh, left off uh, with us, he was, uh, he was talking through and, and, and Paul's instructions, Paul's, Paul's writing, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord, do not be anxious. Don't worry, he says, I want you to rejoice in the Lord. And he, he gives us some illustrations and he says, he gives us a promise though, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, in other words, a peace that is beyond anything that we can do in our own humanness, that's beyond anything that anyone apart from Christ can even understand. The kind of peace where, uh, oh my goodness, uh, I've got cancer or my child has got cancer, but I'm still going to praise God and I can find peace somehow in the midst of disaster. That kind of peace. And that this, this peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then uh, he, Paul goes on and he says, I want you to focus. And he says, I want you to think about things. I want you to think about the good things. Don't, it isn't that you ignore that there's negative things in your life. We can't do that. We're not ostriches. He's not saying bury your head in the sand and act like there's not problems. But what he is saying is instead of focusing on those negative problems, we focus on God's goodness in the past, His goodness now, and we rest in His goodness moving forward no matter what that looks like. And uh, instead of focusing so much on the negative or getting hung up on our problems, we're really focusing on God who is our solution. And again, a promise that when we fix our minds there, that the God of peace will be with us. We get two great promises in that passage and Eli I, I wept openly wept like a little kid uh, you know I didn't get to be here that night but when I got a chance to actually listen to Eli's sermon I, I, it was great great job Eli uh, we really do appreciate it and as we move forward as we close out the book of Philippians Paul is he's going to say alright it's not just theory, but we're going to put this theory into practice. Let me, I've given you the instructions. Let me help you understand, give you an example of what that looks like. And so we pick it up, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You are indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, of abundance and need, and then everybody's favorite Bible verse, you know, passage to abuse, I 
can do all things through him who strengthens me, through Christ who gives me strength. So Paul begins by saying, rejoice! And we've heard this a couple times. In fact, Paul uses the Greek words for joy and rejoicing 16 times in what's only 104 verses in Philippians. That's amazing. That is a, a serious, serious focus on this idea of rejoicing, of finding the positive, of not getting lost in the negative, but looking towards the positive, looking towards what God has done. And once again, Paul says rejoice. Matter of fact, he says, I am rejoicing. But let's not lose sight of where Paul is while he's saying that. Again, Paul's trying to help us get a picture of what this means. And Paul is locked up, and yet, even then, he says, I, I rejoice. Well, why, Paul? Why are you rejoicing? And he, he picks it up. You see it in Philippians 4.10, because you, that is to the church in Philippi, have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. In other words, uh, there was apparently a time in their past where they were concerned, and they did some stuff for Paul, and they have renewed that concern. Matter of fact, they were concerned the whole time. They just didn't have an opportunity to do anything about it. And now they do, and they're doing something about it. And man, Paul says, I rejoice in that. So I may be locked up in prison, but you guys are trying to take care of me, and I'm going to celebrate that. That's really what Paul is saying here. And, and he's saying, look, I celebrate the church being the church and actually helping me. And not only do I celebrate what you've done, but I see God at work in providing for me in taking care of me through you. I see Jesus in you. That's a pretty good thing to rejoice about, even in the face of prison. And then Paul gives us this beautiful, man, you've got to hold on to this. In a world that tries to tell us we're not good enough, nothing's good enough, nothing's ever good enough, we got to have more, we got to need more, we need to be better, we need to, the whole world is driving us in that direction. Paul's going to talk about the gift of contentment, of contentment, of being content. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And Paul is saying here, look, I know what it's like to be rich and to have a lot. I also know Yep, you can, you can put that, he's renting money. Yep, yep, there we go. I also know what it means to have nothing. Or seemingly have nothing. I know what it's like to be locked up in prison. I know what it's like to sit on the throne. I wish I'd have had that picture of Bob. That would have been really funny right there. I'll tell you something he could do, this, this Paul, and boy, you want to talk about a gift in this life, in this world, I need you to listen, especially young people, listen to me. Paul knew what it was to look into that thing right there 
and say, I, I'm content with this guy. I'm comfortable in who God made me. I'm comfortable in my own skin. If I have a lot, I know God's taking care of me. If I have a little, I know God's taking care of me. If I'm in prison, I know God's taking care of me. If I'm standing in a palace, I know God's there and he's taking care of me. I may not be the guy that I want to be, but I'm not the guy I was, and I know God has taken care of me and gotten me far. You know what? I may not be perfect, but I'm okay with that person staring right back at me in the mirror. Contentment is the, one of the greatest gifts a Christian can experience is satisfaction and peace with their place in this world, external and internal. One of the greatest gifts, one of the things I've wrestled with the most growing up and really all up until I was saved, I was never, never okay with that guy. One of the greatest gifts God gave me was to be comfortable in my own skin. I would want that gift for every single person in this room because I can, I'm not dumb and, and you're not either. You guys know I'm telling the truth. This world wouldn't like you to do that. We watch social media, we get on to, it doesn't take long and we can start wondering about that person that we look back at. I'm not like that person. I need to be like that. I need this. I need that. Paul says, no, I can be at peace with who God made me and where God has me, no matter what that looks like. And my goodness, all the adults in the room will tell you, that's a pretty great place to be, isn't it? It sure is. And then, yes, the oft abused, I can do all things. Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But what does that mean? Is, is Paul saying that like Superman or Superwoman, I can leap over buildings? I can do all things. Are you ready? Let's go, Eli. You can catch me. I know you can. Is that what he's saying? Is that it? That's not it, is it? That can't be it, because if I jump right now as hard as I can, I don't think Eli's going to catch me. I think he's going to get hurt, and so am I. I'm not Superman. That's not what it means. And I know it's cool. I like Steph Curry. He's got it on his shoes. But does that, that, that isn't what that means. I loved, you know, we did a, a video, and I had that Steph Curry, and it doesn't mean that I can dunk, but when he broke his ankle and he could still find peace with God, when he wasn't able to shoot threes and he had to sit out for a season? That's what that means. It isn't so much that I can do everything. No, no, no. I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. No, I cannot go pick up your car with one hand. Maybe with two, but not with one. All right? I can't do that. But I'll tell you what. Even if everything around me crumbles... All right? Even if I got nothing left in me, which is pff, all the time, Christ will give me the strength to endure all things. Christ will give you the strength. I don't care what it is, there's no mess too big for Him. There's nothing too big for Him. And Paul says, Look, I've been through it all. He was with me the whole time. I can do all things 
through Christ who gives me strength. And that is good news for everybody here, because all of you, some of you, man, some of you are excited. I, I got a message from Lydia Sheldon. She got accepted to Ozark Christian College. She's, she's in. She's going. She's, she's going to be there in the fall. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I'll tell you, and I'm excited. I, that, that check was in the mail. Uh, I was excited to see my friend Lauren here get a, what was it, $60,000 scholarship? Yeah. A pretty, that's a pretty big deal, you know. But even if the wheels fell off the bus and it didn't go the way, guess what? Yep, we're there. God's with us on the mountaintop moments of our life, but even in the gutter. He's right there, and he'll give us the strength, no matter what that looks like in our lives, to endure, to stand for him, whatever that means. And that can look a lot of different ways. And Paul's seen it a lot of different ways, okay? And then Paul continues, and I love it. It's something we all need desperately. It's funny, I, Jason and I just talked to somebody earlier tonight. Desperately, what they needed was an attitude of gratitude. They needed to, to get there. And we, he, he, he goes right there and he gives us this. Philippians 4, chapter 4, four verse 14 through 20. He said, it was kind of you. It was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves, you know in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, there was no one, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To God and the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you understand, we talked about this Epaphroditus guy. Just a dude. Just a dude sent by the Philippian church to bring a monetary gift to support Paul while he was in prison. Again, we talked about the way we think about prison. You know, you can hear old fogies uh, like me, you know, oh, them guys, they got free cable. I just heard somebody this week. Well, let's go to jail. They got cable TV and food. And I just kind of chuckled. I've heard that a few times. Well, back then, they didn't have cable TV and food unless somebody brought them food, somebody bought them food. They starved to death in prison. So Epaphroditus was sent by the church at Philippi to provide for Paul's needs. And what does Paul say? Big surprise. Hey, I see what you did there, church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for showing up. And he says, look, it's not just about the gift. I appreciate that you invested your resources. It's not about that, though. It's, it's really that, who here has done, Carter, Ratcliffe, I'm going to pick on you, PK. It's, you're exhausted, it's two weeks in, and it's, it's Friday evening, and you've uh, had a really hard week, and the kids have been crazy at Hope of the Ozarks, and, and all of them were problem makers, but then towards the end, you started getting a couple shifts. 
all right, and you've seen some movement. Not like it was the, the hallmark and everybody's, you know, getting baptized, but I mean, you've seen God move. And uh, yep, you're exhausted. And yes, God used you to impact those kids. But you tell me, how did you feel? Matter of fact, you, you did just that, right? You're going to be there all summer again. In fact, the greatest gift, the greatest, it's giving. All right? You talk to anybody that's been on a Ford mission trip, and they'll tell you, I tried to do this, and I tried to do that. I really didn't do anything. I feel like I've been blessed ten times more than anything I did down there. Now, God used these people down there, but understand, they come back, and their heart is full. John, you preach a sermon. You see some, some response. What I mean, it's hard to explain to you guys. The fulfillment when you're serving God's purpose. It is the most satisfying. It, man, you're not, it's, it's almost, I can't explain it. It's hard, to, it's hard to put in words, isn't it, John? It's an amazing thing. You can't outgive God. And he's saying, look, the fruit that's produced, that's the real gift. I appreciate the resources you provided, but I'm really excited to see what God's doing in you and through you and the blessing that you're receiving here. As you know, you know as they got that letter, if you guys have seen us do the, the project for Bailey and Bella, all right, they just got their, their trip to Poland completely funded. Now, do you think that the people in this church who donated resources to Bailey and Bella, how do you think they felt? When they saw them two girls up there and they saw that envelopes coming off the wall and they heard, thank you, church, we're going. How do you, what do you think that did to their heart? That's some pretty exciting stuff. Look, Lord used me to send these girls. Who knows what God's going to do with them over there? That's exciting. All right, Paul says the giving is the greatest gift. And it's not just about uh, the individual. All right, yes, thank you, uh, church at Philippi. But again... I see Jesus in you. What's the, the, the whole thing here, the book of Philippians, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would exhibit Christ-like characteristics in our life and point people to Jesus. And he's saying, look, I, I see you. I see what you did there. I see Jesus at work in you. And man, I can promise you, one person walks up to you and says, I see Jesus working through you. That'll get you, won't it, John? That, that sure does. There, there, that, that word, content, satisfied, fulfilled. It's an amazing thing. And Paul's saying, thank you. Thank you, church. Thank you, God, for providing my needs, for caring, caring for me. We, we can rest. We can have peace. And you and I, we can be content and trust God to provide for all of our needs. Every one of our needs. In fact, God's provided for every one of your needs as we speak. Everyone's been taken care of and a lot of your wants. He's really good. All right, but you've gotten every single thing you need. But now what I want you to see, uh, go to that next picture. This is the first time we've done this. This is my Bible, okay? This is, this is really, really my Bible, and this is, this is my baby right here. You'll, you'll see the picture's the same. 
And here's what I want you to see. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Eli's passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to read today's passage of Scripture. And what I'm, what I'm wanting you to catch is, this is, in yellow, is what Paul says to do, and what I want you to see in green is how he's actually modeling that he's doing this. Immediately. He's saying, look, you want to know what it looks like? This is it. So let's, let's read. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. What is the very first thing Paul says? I rejoice. Do you think the two things connect? Possibly? Maybe? I think so. It says rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Be reasonable with each other. Be gracious. Be kind. Give, give them the benefit of a doubt. All right? Even if they don't deserve it. You let people at least be reasonable. All right? The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there it is. Uh, so Paul's, Paul's not worried about anything. In other words, he's learned in whatever situation to be content. All right? And uh, it was kind of you to share my trouble. He's saying, thank you. Thank you. Here it is. Thankfulness. We see gratitude. We see uh, Paul reaching out. We see Paul in prison doing what? Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So here he is, locked up in prison, and what is he thinking about? The church in Philippi and how God used them to provide for his needs and how faithful God is. Isn't that cool? So now you can look at your life and you can say, well, what does this look like? Well, Paul gave us a really easy model to understand, even locked up from prison. It's amazing. It's amazing. Paul is literally showing us exactly, exactly how to apply this to our lives. We don't have to wonder. I don't need to go to like some uh, uh, genius scholar to figure it all out for me. No, he's just, this is it. This is, this, I'm modeling this for you. This is what it looks like. If I'm trying to teach a kid to shoot free throws, all right. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like, over and over and over again. Paul's saying, look, here's what I want you to do. Here's what it looks like. Hey, Robbie, you got tazzed. All right. And then, it's, it's funny just because it's Robbie. And then Paul concludes the book. And he says, just simply farewell. So let's pick it up. Philippians chapter 4, verse 21 through 23. He says, I want you to greet every saint in Christ Jesus. So I'm reading that book, and I'm just going to tell you, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you're a Christian, on behalf of Paul, I greet you. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow suit here. He says, you greet them. He says, the brothers who are with me greet you. And we talked about Epaphroditus. And we talked about Timothy being with Paul at this time. He says, the brothers that are with me also, they say, hey, hey, what's up? And then I love this. I want you to catch this. All the saints greet you 
and especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You understand that he is currently locked up in Caesar's prison. And Paul is saying, yeah, those people in this prison who work for Caesar, who have responded to the gospel, who have given their hearts to Jesus Christ, these saints that I've been here to share the gospel with and minister to, they say, hey, what's up? Even here in prison, Paul's, Paul's doing mighty things. Caesar's crew says, hey, ain't that kind of cool? And he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You know, Paul just says, farewell. Now, I was very diabolical in choosing this particular image for my farewell image. Like he's just saying, see ya, and uh, letting the balloons go. And, uh, you know, we listen to the, the song, uh, 99 Red Balloons, and it, the trigger for me is my beautiful daughter here, Sarah, she is a pretty good artist. Like, she's actually a pretty great artist. And uh, she paints, and she uh, does music, and she writes stuff, and she makes up her own songs that she'll never sing in front of you guys. But I got to hear it one time when I was sick, and it was beautiful. And uh, she's amazing. And she writes some stuff, too. And she made this cool little painting. It's simple. It's a simple painting of a balloon. But on the back of that balloon, she had this little quote. And it, it just stuck with me. And her little quote was, Balloons always reach the highest point. And so can you. And she wrote that for herself. And I just thought, man, that's, I get that. that. I like that. And it just buzzed in me as, as Paul is saying farewell. And he's letting them go. And he said, look. In Christ, balloons reach the highest point, and in Christ Jesus, so can you. Philippian church, I see Jesus in you. I see you floating, you're going. This is such a letter of encouragement. I see you. Church, every one of you here, to one degree or another, I see Jesus in you. I see Jesus in your eyes. I see Jesus in the way that you love one another. I see Jesus uh, in the way that, you know, okay, I'm going through hard times and I need help or I made a dumb decision and I need to fix this. I, I've seen all that and I've seen you come. I need prayer. I, I see Jesus at work in you. I talked to somebody earlier today and they were sharing some of their frustrations and some stuff going on in their life and they were asking for prayer. And all I could think is, man, how beautiful. You, you feel discouraged right now, but I want you to understand. You knew who to go to. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and my sheep know my name. And when we're going through those hard times, and we, I just, I see Jesus at work in you.
And just like that little balloon, who knows what God's going to do with every one of you guys. So that's it. That's what I got. That's the book of Philippians. Next week, we are going to start something that I don't know that we'll ever finish. I will probably die first. Um, and it is, it is a journey through all four Gospels at the same time. All right, now I've told you guys multiple times that the single most important question, the only question in all of existence that ultimately matters is your response to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? And it's awesome. I like teaching through Philippians. I like teaching through Galatians. I liked our survey through the Old Testament. But it has occurred to me that we've not spent a whole lot of time just looking at Jesus' life and looking at what Jesus had to say. Because there's a world that will tell you Jesus says one thing, but when we go through the book, you're going to find that some of the things that the world says Jesus says is not really what Jesus says. Let's get to know the guy. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to embark on a step-by-step journey through Jesus' life. And we're going to look at what, uh, well, what did Matthew have to say? And what did Mark have to say? And what did Luke have to say? And what did John have to say? And how do these things compare? And, and well, if there's a nuance, it seems like a difference. Why does it look like that? Or is there a difference? Or maybe there's no difference. And what's going on here? And I think you're going to see that uh, you're going to get a, a clear picture of who Jesus is, what he had to say, and what he did on this earth, and why it matters. All right, I'm excited, but what will probably happen is we'll do this for about six months, and we'll take a pause. <laughs> we'll do something else for a minute, and we'll come back. Because the truth is, what's, what's the, uh, the, is it John 20? I suppose if all the things that Jesus did were written, it, there wouldn't be enough books to hold it all. All right? There's not enough days in my life to proclaim it all. But we're going we're gonna to work through it together, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus, and we're going to look at who he is. And I am uh, overwhelmingly excited to get started on this journey. And uh, Sam Anderson will, will get a little chunk of that at some point and have a little chunk. Eli will probably get a chunk at some point. I bet Jason White will get a chunk at some point. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what God's going to do? But I love you guys. I'm glad you're here. you got time for some small group. I really enjoyed going through Philippians. Obviously, I really enjoyed being able to share it. And uh, I'm excited to see what God is continuing to do uh, in your lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness, your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for your word through the Apostle Paul. And yep, he wrote to a church in Philippi, but it's just as applicable to you, to us today. Father, help us. Help us to have a mind like yours. To become like you to exhibit your characteristics, gentleness and humbleness and patience and grace and reasonableness, to count others higher than ourselves, to love people to the end, to stand firm for you in this world. 
in a way that is gracious and compassionate and draws others. Lord, help us to be thankful and grateful for the lives that we have and to be content, whatever that looks like in our life. Help us to be content with who we are, who you made us to be, and not to settle for anything less. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.